What's going on, Cartel? Another episode of the Red Pill Cartel coming at you. Uh, episode 98, I believe it is now. Getting closer to 100. Um, anyway, I have a very special guest today. Uh, her name is Megan Sanchez. We have known each other online for about three years now playing Call of Duty, <laughs> funnily enough. But uh, I jumped into one of her live streams while she was doing her art her artwork and uh we started talking about paranormal stuff and her experiences and i was like holy shit do you have a lot of those and she's like i got a shit ton so i got her on and it was fucking awesome and i really hope you enjoy this one um also i would like to remind you if you could please if to help the show grow uh go on apple and give a review and a little bit of a comment and also if you're listening on spotify click that star in the upper hand corner upper left hand corner and uh give me what you think is suitable for the show um also if you're listening on spotify as well there's a comment section if you scroll down on the episode and you can chime in your thoughts and comments i would appreciate that because i would love to interact with you guys more and uh know what you guys think so without further ado, here's me, uh, Megan Sanchez, and uh, relax, smoke a couple dubs, drink a couple beers, do what you gotta do, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Red Pill Cartel. Uh, I have an awesome guest tonight. Um, we met on Call of Duty about three years ago or so, and uh, she's an artist, she's a lovely human being, an awesome mother. Welcome to the show, Megan Sanchez. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Good, 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 yeah. good. Megan is uh, smoking a joint right now, so... <laughs> I'm about the, to roll one. That's <laughs> the theme of the show. So, uh, yeah, Megan, so tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, what you do, uh, sure. all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> um. So... I currently live in the state of New Mexico, here in the States. Um, just recently moved here with my family. Um, I just started a small makeup business, and I also have been doing a ton of artwork. One of my goals this year, or at least try to get the pieces for it, is work on my artwork and submit it to an art show here that's huge, and I'm excited for that. <clears throat> that's awesome. I'm excited for you. Heck yeah. Uh, yeah, so I jumped on your live stream probably a few, a uh, couple weeks back, I guess, and yeah. uh, you were drawing, and uh, I started asking you about paranormal stuff, if you've had experiences, right? I don't remember exactly what went down, how that happened, but mm -hmm. you started telling the story on your live stream, and I was like, fuck, I don't want to hear it right now, but I couldn't stop <laughs> listening, because I wanted to get you on. I was like, you got to come on the podcast, and then... You're like, okay, let's do it. Because you said you had way more, right? Oh, yeah. And, yeah, <laughs> so but before we get into that stuff, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, how you became a non-normie, so <laughs> to speak. We call in the conspiracy world uh, your awakening process. What was that like for you? So <clears throat> it actually started with religion, essentially. Um, so I was raised Roman Catholic 
but I never really actually felt like I was like exclusively part of a church. Really, honestly, I think we were going as much as we were when I was younger because my dad had cancer. But I remember specifically learning about like the Antichrist, right? And that always kind of a fucking yes. freaky thing to learn to learn it about, is. you know. And this is how how this happened because it led to it kind of like led to the next part. Um, sorry, my kids. Okay. I'm in my room. My kids are trying to get into my room. That's fine. <laughs> but uh, don't worry, that's gonna be handled. Anyways, um, I was probably about seventeen, eighteen years old. I had already been living by my like by myself, what with somebody in my own place by the time I was sixteen, seventeen, and there was a lot of like bad things going on within the relationship because he was super abusive. And what had happened was one night during a terrible uh, physical fight, I I'll, to sum it up, I kind of got my ass kicked by this guy, right? And Jesus. that night I actually had passed out because he had kind of kicked me in the back of my head so I blacked out and I remember waking up to like this demonic growl in my ear and every hair on my body stood up and I kept it to myself nobody knew what knew really what was going on with my life but I I wanted to understand that so I started looking into the antichrist and then I realized how close Things were happening to, I guess people would call them like uh, prophecies. Sure. How much political people were involved. So. And and what made you go straight to the Antichrist? <laughs> <laughs> I think that relationship um, is the reason why I started looking. And the more I went down the rabbit hole of what was to be expected, if you were religious, you obviously would know about the book of Revelations, things like that. So when I went down that rabbit hole, it unlocked this whole political thing. Everything from Princess Diana, Prince Philip, everybody. Everybody. Yeah, everybody. That I was like, wait, something doesn't add up. And then I got to thinking on my own. I didn't really have anybody guiding me quite yet at that time. Which is how you should be. How weird I felt about 9-11 that had happened a few years prior. I remember sitting and looking and watching the second tower come down. And I just turned to my teacher and I said, that was not an accident. (laughs) Like that wasn't an act of terrorism. That took planning. I left it at that. And then when I started researching the truth about 9-11, I was like, your, oh, shit. <laughs> well, did your teacher say anything to you about that, your comment? Actually, not my teacher, but my mom did. Because my mom, I remember her being really upset. She was essentially grieving for all the people who lost their lives on 9-11. It was mm-hmm. super sad. I, I felt really sad for a lot of those people as well, the people that were allegedly in the planes, you know, things like that. But I told my mom, like, I don't think it had anything to do with terrorism. And then I met an individual who introduced me to a DVD. (laughs) He burned it. That's how old I am. (laughs) He burned it. And I think it was called Loose Change, if I'm not mistaken. And it went over the flaws in 9-11. And my brain just exploded. I was like, what? My whole life has been a lie. And why the fuck would our government do this? And I remember going through the emotions of it and 
I've just kind of stayed in tune since. But I've come to the terms that I can't control what the fuck's going to go on between political anything. So when I die, I guess I die. <laughs> yeah. <Doesn't matter>. I mean, <laughs> growing up, I always thought like these people aren't doing anything for us. Why would you vote? Every guy that gets into office is just going to, you know, before he gets into office, he'll he'll say one thing and then once he gets into the office it's a completely different fucking ball game and i will agree i even remember feeling some type of way with bill clinton and the whole monica lewinsky thing even though i was in middle school back then i actually remember telling myself this is really kind of like fucked up (laughs) oh (laughs) for sure yeah it's like really fucked up like it's nothing but a non-stop book of drama or you know like the like the shows that you see in the daytime like what are those called not sitcoms but uh, uh so far yeah like that america is the star because she's going through all sorts of hell yeah <laughs> to find they, love they, and they, somehow love really does... nuclear missiles <laughs> right it really does feel like you're watching a fucking soap opera when you look at politics yes <laughs> because these people have nothing to do with us Mm-mm. Mm-mm. in fact government is supposed to serve the people but now it's opposite we are serving them slaves to a system happens every yeah. great civilization if you believe yeah. in all of that stuff it's about time that the world resets itself and it just looks like it's going to be from nuclear disaster so at this Do you point think so Uh, I think so. I think nowadays, because of the rise of social media and stuff, I think these countries look for people's reactions too. even though they say they don't do social media. It's kind of hard not to avoid it because everybody can just communicate with each other like that. So it's going to basically be who's got the bigger ball sack and there's going to be a lot of death because of it. That's unfortunate. I mean, ever since I was a child, before I even heard about what nuclear war was, I've been I've had dreams of mushroom clouds and destruction. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And then I started looking into like like I started learning about nuclear war and shit in, in school. Yeah. And then I was like, this is what I fucking dreamed about. <laughs> and it's crazy. I don't know if it's like if it was like subliminal messaging or something that the creator was giving me to like you know, plant seeds in my mind to to wake up later on. But that's yeah. how it happened for me. You know, like, like the Matrix? <laughs> something like that, yeah. Like the architect or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> because believe it or not, I barely watched the Matrix for the first time just a few months ago. Back when it came out, I was kind of like a girly girl, like, you know, like a tween. So I was not into like anything remotely action-based. Right. And I held off while I was taking some courses for cybersecurity. And I remember telling my husband, like, I'm actually afraid to know what the fuck's out there because every time there's a new protective program that's launched within 24 hours, it's either getting hacked into or there's a cyber attack against it. And I was like, so what's doing it aside from that? Right. <laughs> and he's like, you need to watch The Matrix. <laughs> and I was like, no, <laughs> I watched The well, Matrix and I was like, damn it. Dude, I, I saw I, I'm, I still remember like it was yesterday. Uh, going to see the Matrix with a few friends and another and a female friend from work, 
And uh, when I got out of the theater, I, I felt like a zombie. I was just like, my fucking whole world is turned upside down right now. Your and whole I wasn't life ex- is a lie. It is a programmed lie. I wasn't expecting it to be like that. I thought it was going to be like a cool, like, oh, you hack into the Matrix and this and that. And you you, you no. destroy viruses with software or hardware. and But no, it was about all an, a completely different reality that was uh, under a veil of our mm-hmm. eyes. And it just fucking blew my mind. Well, he basically gave him a choice in the beginning. Which one sounds better to you? (laughs) Yeah. Hence the name, Red Pill. (laughs) That's it. I mean, once once you take the Red Pill, there's no going back. Just like fucking Morpheus said. Exactly. (laughs) Because I I could could swallow like a, a million blue pills, but it would still have no effect on me, right? Yeah eventually it's going to come to light that's what's happening with the civilization the thing about the government is they can control people for so long they implement a lot of psychological things entertainment uh fear fear mongering death famine things like that so when you see it on a constant basis and they're all in unison because they all work together generally people are going to get scared because it puts reality to those I guess what I would like to call them would be um, rational or irrational, rational possibilities. Like, I mean, it could happen, but the chances are very slim. Well, they pump out a lot of that stuff and it's easy to control a civilization like that. You need this new iPhone because look at this 400th camera or you need this brand new car because who doesn't like a Subaru type deal? So they're always throwing shit at your face. For sure. Pop-ups. But at the end of the day, they cannot control it when people start waking up to the realness because people don't want to be confined to just one possibility for their life. People naturally are nomadic and adventurous, and they're trying to restrict that from people's minds, really for work profits. Now now they want to suck us into the digital world and not come out of it. (laughs) I know. Right? It's it's fucked up. I mean... I, growing up, uh, I think my last episode, I talked about this, uh, or a couple episodes ago, where, uh, like, I used to love the movie Tron. I still do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I, I thought, man, how fucking cool would it be to go into the digital world, right? Yeah. And now it's like, fuck, I don't want to be there now. Because <laughs> I know that the price to be paid is your soul. Mm-hmm. And everybody has a price, it seems like. Yeah. But they never look at the fine print. That goes back to when I originally started look like becoming aware. It it back to religion. Because you're programmed to whatever your religion you're raised in, if you're raised in it, um, they kind of pump you with fear. And that's how I Always felt about fear, fear of God. Yeah, and I don't think like fear like if I masturbate, I'm going to go to hell. Or <laughs> if I look at a girl and lust over her, I'm going to hell. Yeah. All the fear of going to hell, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I agree. And it, and it locks you into a mindset of constant fucking fear. Yeah. But I 
chose and since I have children like they are very much aware of God and it's cool because my kids will ask to watch God little cartoons on YouTube and stuff like that and I don't mind um, showing them that kind of stuff because I want them to have faith in something sure just not the wrong things them watching fucking twerking video shit and we heavily monitor our kids' stuff. Unfortunately, uh, there's kids out there that talk just like grown-ass adults. And yeah. my, my son, who's on the spectrum, you know, he's like, well, such and such said this word. That's not right, right? And I'm like, exactly. And unfortunately, you can't do anything about that. But you continue to follow our rules. But they do like um, the idea of God and Jesus, they like the Moses stories. Those are nice to give to your children because it teaches them some things along the way, but just got to be careful with what's out there, really. Yeah, and you don't want them to, like, turn into, like, somebody who's dogmatic and judging mm-hmm. other people and mm-hmm. being scared of hell, right? Yeah. They just need to know that every action can have a good outcome or it could have consequences. The decision. Exactly. Yep. So they're, they're little wokesters too. They, they know damn well not to talk to no crackhead strangers around here. <laughs> I always say people are weirdos when, cause people, I'm pretty sure my husband thinks I'm like super anal about this, but I'm always telling my kids we're in the grocery store, stay together, stay by the cart. It's because people are fucking weirdos. So, well, yeah, yeah that's a good idea for sure. And I'm, the same with my parents when I grew up. Yeah, the fucking '80s, and it's like I'm glad they did that because now it gave gave me a a sense of awareness of who's yeah. who, surroundings, and even even, yeah. even when I was in like uh, like elementary school, we had those videos of this is back in like the mid '80s, and yeah. uh, video of like an old like an older man in a van, and he would drive yeah. up to a kid home from school you want some candy and that was a running joke for a long time right like yeah uh, want candy little girl I mean, it right still is too right but it's like that shit's real and it's yeah. fucking it goes to the fucking levels of the government and the people controlling us yeah there's creepy people out there i'll say this uh and maybe we'll save it for like another time but i was actually almost kidnapped as a kid and like very very close to being kidnapped but i don't know about you in canada but in the united states back in the late 80s and 90s especially on the military bases where i live they always had this guy his name was mcgruff the crime dog and they okay. always brought that guy to school and facilitate you would see this dog this guy in a dog suit essentially he's got like a trench coat he looks like a detective and he, stuff. he was probably <laughs> Probably, right? In plain sight. But they taught us then Stranger Danger, essentially what you would say now to kids. And had I not paid attention, I probably would have been a kidnapped kid and there'd be no Toxica Chocha on Call of Duty. (laughs) 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 But it's crazy. That whole story was crazy. It was very traumatizing. I had PTSD from it for a long time. Especially having to walk places. But Yeah, we could talk about that. Like, get into it, like, in detail. I was about my son's age, about 10 years old. I For sure, I was in the fifth grade. 
Um, so yeah, 10 sounds about right. That day was a half day. I lived in Clarksville, Tennessee, and I lived in a rural part of the town. So we had neighbors. I had two neighbors that were within walking distance, but it was still kind of like spread out. And I had begged my mom, my friend Danielle and I made plans without parents' permissions, no cell phones back then. And we're like, we're going to meet halfway. Well, she lived a whole mile up the road from me. It was an open stretch road. And it had at the very end, right before her house, like a small bend that went to the right. And the road is called Git Manning. And uh, I begged, begged, begged my mom. I promised her I down near threw a fit. And my mom reluctantly, after telling me no, like four times, fine, but you call me when you get there. That was always her thing. So I got to the halfway mark and she wasn't there. So I decided I was just going to continue walking. But I started to get this really bad feeling. Like I couldn't explain it. I was 10. I was naive. I was just excited to go see my friend. And I got to this bridge part. And something told me to go underneath the bridge and pick up some rocks. So I did. I got a handful of them. And I actually know that my bus driver lived on that block. So I kind of walked up more a little bit towards her house, knowing she wasn't home. I just felt a little safe right there. And so I was like, all right, I'm almost there. I'm going to go. So I went up around the bend and I was one house away, literally one yard away when these two men pulled into this driveway so the house that I was at belonged to a man that owned a convenience store down the street it was a couple miles down the road so his name was Clyde it belonged to Clyde and the guy kind of a sketchy name yeah well he was an old <laughs> guy like we're talking southern draw and everything yeah it sounds about right yeah yeah Clyde. he, he he was so cool too because he had a convenience store a fried chicken place and a video rental all in one <laughs> it was a gas right. station too so it sounds and, like the place the place to go yeah it sounds like like you know those how those movies start from back in the day and stuff just like that i was in his yard when these two guys drove up in their vehicle and the guy in the driver's seat was, I still remember his face. He was an older man. Probably if I was to guess, I'd say late 30s, 40s, possibly. Wearing a dirty wife beater, bald head, and he was very country. And he's like, hey. And I just knew. I just knew something was wrong. And before I could even really react, he went ahead and opened his door and had one foot out. I couldn't throw the rocks. I froze. I tried screaming and I couldn't even get a word out. So the next thing I could do was just turn and run. And that's what I did. I thought I jumped down this this huge embankment onto this road. (laughs) And I'm laughing because it wasn't nearly as big as it was in real life. But I, I thought I jumped nine feet down. I knew the house right in front of me was a teacher at my brother's school. So I knew she wasn't home because it was a half day. I saw the third house down had an open, they had like a glass screen door. I knew they were home. I ran there and I banged on their door. And by the time this old lady, little old lady answered the door, I just collapsed from crying. And that car sped off so fast. And... They knew uh, the lady I was at, it was an elderly couple. They were church people. They were very nice Southern church people. They helped me in. And he, the 
the husband recognized me right away, knew where I lived and everything. And he immediately went to go get my mom. <laughs> and my mom, she just knew. She just knew because that's why she kept telling me no. And I was traumatized. I was almost vomiting. It took an hour before I could calm down. The police came, made an official report, did a police sketch. Um, and then ironically, one of the very rare times after that that I was playing outside because I couldn't even do that. Um, it had to have been a year later because I remember it was the beginning of the sixth grade. I was outside with my little brother and I saw the man, the driver. And now he oh, wasn't in the same car. He was in this Barney purple van and he slammed on the brakes so hard. And the way he looked at me was so evil that I couldn't even speak. I started hyperventilating. I Holy took shit. off. We had two acres of property back then, and I took off running to the back of the property. I left my little brother there, which was fucked up, but I was so scared. Well, my mom happened to see me run like hell. So she's like, come here, come here. And I turned around, and I couldn't even say it, but I was choked up. I was like, him. All I kept saying was him, and she, like, shook me really hard. And I was like, I saw him. And. They never caught the guy or the guy with them, and I remember what they both oh looked like. I wonder why, why he was tell. looking at you. I wonder why he had that evil look on his face. Maybe the cops went to investigate him. I don't know. He was probably so pissed off at you. He he looked pissed off at me, like I was the one that got away. Right. Like I I could point him out in a lineup. His face is still there, like, and for a long time it was. So by the time I was in seventh grade, towards the end of seventh grade, my parents picked up and left to Colorado. And I went from country living, you know, long driveway, tight knit kind of community to inner city. And it was just the complete 180 what happened. So like I all, I had the worst anxiety walking to school in Denver where I lived in an inner city than I did walking to the bus stop back shortly after I was almost kidnapped but and that's I told fucked. my kids about that that getting kidnapped and that's why I always pressure and say there's weirdos out there don't talk to anybody there's weirdos yeah and you you <clears throat> were you like 100% certain I guess you Probably couldn't have been, but like, were you probably, were you like a hundred percent certain that this guy was going to do something to you oh, after yeah. getting in the car? Yeah. If I can describe the way that he looked at me before he opened the door, I just knew it was bad. Like he, all he said was, Hey, and then I stopped and I stared at him. I didn't say anything. Cause I, I just had this feeling in my gut and he had the, craziest look on his face he I believe him he said something to the dude in the passenger who was younger he was kind of tan had brown hair that kind of covered his ears and I'm pretty sure he had a ball cap on those details will stick with me but the moment he opened the door uh uh-uh I don't yeah. know. I've never seen you. It's a good thing that uh, <laughs> McGruff, the crime dog, helped. helped right, me. right. <laughs> no, but I always, are very important for kids to learn. Yeah, for sure.
for sure. Well, it was a lesson. Like I had to learn how to be in public again. I couldn't go trick or treating that year because I was so anxiety ridden. I cried halfway up the block. <laughs> and my, I don't think my parents could understand what was actually happening to me. I guess because there wasn't really definitions for that back then either. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that was over what time period? Oh man. So back you then were, you were 10. I was 10. I'm 35. So 1999 sounds about oh, right. Oh, wow. Because I was sixth grade when the year 2000 happened. So yeah, 1998, 1999 sounds about right. Dude, that's great. I didn't realize like you were that much younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so funny because I meet a lot of people younger than me. So when I say right. 35, they're like, wow. You don't know 35. I'm like, I, I fucking graduated high school in 98. Yeah. So my old, my husband's about to be 40. So he would be like more and he would remember more from back then, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a crazy That's incident, awful. though. There's weirdos out there. Stay well, people. <laughs> you seen that movie, The Black Phone? Yes. Oh, did that fuck you up? <laughs> the, probably, yeah. Because yeah. that movie was, it was like, it was such a good fucking movie. It's based out on the north side of Denver. And although the houses look very much like that, the one scene that was actually in Denver is the water tower where you see it in the background like that. That's actually there in the north side of Denver. Or it was. Denver's gotten so big now it might not be there. Wow. Yeah. You know that was written by Stephen King's son, right? Yeah. Yeah, who yeah. looks like a doppelganger of Stephen King. <laughs> Good, I hope he's just like, the, oh my god, crazy. But anyway, yeah. um, so yeah, let's let's move into the uh paranormal experiences. Your first one, yes, I will say, all right, my very first one was probably third, fourth grade, right. My dad is a land surveyor. So he goes out and he stakes out people's properties or businesses' properties and kind of tells you where your property lines are and then all that stuff that I know nothing about. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, he had heard from some locals in Tennessee, because this is Tennessee again, and he heard about this ghost dog that would appear in the middle of the street, but you had to have your high beams on. Whoever told him this story gave him the exact location. So I think we were out eating out and about and my dad took a drive over there. And sure enough, that was like the first time I saw a real apparition. And it was a dog. It looked like a border collie, maybe a German shepherd. And I remember seeing green eyes. And when you start, when my dad drove towards it, it would actually walk towards you and then disintegrate in thin air. Wow. And that was the one time that I was like obsessed with like ghost stories and creepy things. Well, that, that started you off, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So in Tennessee, again, we lived where there was an old battlefield at one point. In fact, we used to walk this open field area 
we called it the pipeline, but really it was a pipeline, but on top of that, it had electrical, you know, posts and wires and it was long and massive. And we would go walking around and we would find like world war or not world war, but like civil war cabins, old property, old pig pens, the craziest looking farming equipment, stuff that's like, like a hundred something years old. And Obviously, where we lived, they were in favor of the Confederacy, so it was super prideful, like everybody out there. One time we went walking, and we stumbled upon some old Civil War cabins, and it was pretty creepy, kind of grown in, and everything was empty except for one, and it had a mirror in it. Just and a mirror, so- nothing, no furniture, no nothing. <laughs> no, just the very old antique mirror. Please tell me you didn't play Bloody Mary. (laughs) I did when I was like a kid, but (laughs) I I did the Candyman. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, oh, sure. But um, my mom was like, oh, that mirror is awesome. I want it. But we didn't take it back that time. My older brother and his friend decided to go at a later time, and they brought that mirror back. And that was the beginning of actual paranormal stuff, my very first paranormal experience. So like, I don't what does this mirror look like? Like regular one or like an embellished one or what? it was I can remember that it, it had to have been a hundred something years old because the way that the mirror on the inside looked like it was kind of like chipped and rusted a little bit. I can't explain that part, but if you go look at antique mirrors, you'll know it's these little debris that happen for the mirrors being so old. It didn't have any wood framing around it, so it really was just the glass. And think like the very top of it was arched, and then to the left and to the right was arched as well, and then it went straight down, and then at the very bottom it was the same. So kind of like... uh, I'd have to draw it and show you. <laughs> okay. It looked the same as the top at the top and yeah, the bottom. Yeah, I believe okay. so. If not, it, the bottom was straight across. But the way I remember it, it, it looks like it was on both sides. It was pretty. It had some pinstripe in it, like kind of like floral, um, very, I would say, like Victorian style. It was pretty. Mm-hmm. Did it but, look like beaten up and weathered or what? Yeah, it looked like it has yeah. been in the same spot for a very long time. That's how cool. old it looked, and so I just like, brother, I like details just to give yeah. a picture, right? Yeah, well, we don't actually have the mirror now, but uh, I do not like that mirror. We lived in a geometric dome house, um, so my bedroom was the loft and it was above the kitchen and dining room. So it was all open space too. So I could see the living room, see you in the dining room, peek down the stairs, there was a skylight. And right underneath me was the um, kitchen. My My mom was so happy he brought it home and then weird shit started happening. And it started little. It made me think I was going crazy. But my mom didn't believe me either until she experienced something also. See, isn't that the best? The best thing is when you think you're going fucking nuts Mm -hmm. and then somebody else experiences it too. And then you're like, oh, thank God. Yeah. And I was a kid, man. I was just, I was a kid. I was like, this is what I get for liking ghosts and the craft. You remember the craft and shit? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I was one of those girls. (laughs) And then then, um, it started little. It was like I'd hear disembodied voices, kind of. 
That's um, what I had in my old house. Yeah. I always thought it was my parents, but my parents were downstairs. So, so were my brothers. They had two separate rooms downstairs. So there was three downstairs ones and then I stayed in the loft so it started little I'd hear like little whispers but we also had a cat so I thought the maybe like the movement was the cat and it was just random movement noises because sometimes she would you know how cats are in the middle of the night exercise run around oh yeah do all sorts of crazy stuff jumping off yeah well I, that's what I thought it was but it wasn't until I was home from school um and I remember hearing this heavy downstairs door open. Alone? Are you alone? Yeah, I was alone. I was actually. Of I was suspended <laughs> from school. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I stood up for myself for a class bully. Got She got beat up. <laughs> and then I got suspended. Oh, that's a, no- that's a noble thing, though. It's not like yeah. you were being a bitch. Yeah. Well, my mom didn't want to take me to work, and it was cool. I wanted to sleep in anyways. So um, this was before I was uh, attempted kidnapping. And so I, I didn't feel, like, super scared of the house. Never had anything bad in that house like that until the mirror came. And I kept telling my mom, like, I keep hearing these noises and I'm not sure if it's the cat, but are you guys walking up and down the stairs at night? And she's like, no, why would we? I was like, I don't know, to the kitchen. And then I started getting scared of the skylight that was above <laughs> above me. Oh, <laughs> Something's looking at me. <laughs> but, um, the biggest I thing remember that happened I with had a skylight <laughs> um, when I was in like grade three or four yeah and i was seeing a skylight in his bedroom i was like this is fucking awesome yeah it was before i got spooked in my own bedroom <laughs> <laughs> um because uh, i could see all the stars or the moon sometimes um at night sometimes it'd be so bright because there was nothing out there you could see everything so i i used to like it till the i started hearing things and i kept i would ask are you guys walking up and down the stairs no maybe dad once or twice but not all night and then I'd hear like conversation between people but not really distinguished I told her about that and she was like it's just your imagination you know dude that's what I got yeah my parents it was like like the first time I heard the voice in my house I ran from the basement upstairs and I into my parents bedroom yeah the fuck's going on like I heard a voice I heard a voice like Oh, you've been watching too many movies. Exactly. Right? And my I'm parents. Like, Dude, I heard a fucking voice. I wasn't <laughs> watching. It's not because I'm watching movies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you watch movies too. Are you hearing voices? Logic, parents. Logic. <laughs> I can totally relate. My parents um, didn't mind letting us watch like scary movies at a young age. So. Sure, I would say some of it could be my own imagination, but I know what I felt and what I saw, you can't really explain it. It was the door that uh, was making noises one time when I was home alone. And I was so perplexed because I thought maybe my mom came home for lunch or maybe come and get me because I was going to be there all by myself all day. But I went downstairs and the door wasn't even open, although I'm pretty sure I heard it. Uh, slam shut not open I heard it like slam shut and had this specific noise between opening and shutting kind of like because the uh, draft from underneath would kind of pull it and it would make different noises Right. and then I went back upstairs didn't think anything of it 
um, I was just like, hmm, I'm tripping and went upstairs and I heard it again. So I go downstairs and this time the door that I had witnessed was locked is wide open and I freaked the fuck out. Like (laughs) I freaked out. I hurried up, slammed it, shut it, locked it, ran all the way upstairs. And I used to tuck myself into this uh, little corner because my house was such a weird shape, but I would tuck myself up in this corner at the very top of the stairs behind this wall (laughs) and I was shitted. And then I told my mom that night, I said, when I was home alone, I thought you came home, explained it to her. And my mom was like, look, I know it's kind of nerve wracking being home by yourself. You know, you got to stick it out so you could go back to school, blah, blah, blah. Right. And I didn't think she believed me. And so I I remember being hurt by it. And then (laughs) a few weeks later, my mom was home alone. (laughs) And she heard the same shit. And she was like, she actually told me she was, she was like, you know, you remember about the door, right? And I was like, yes, I remember. (laughs) She's like, well, I heard it too. And I was like, well, what happened? And she goes, but I only heard it shut. I didn't, I didn't hear it just the one time. And so we tried to debunk it. My mom really did. She told me that she tried to pull it both ways, see if it didn't latch on correctly. I would do the same. Way. I would do the same shit. Yeah, she tried did. to like stuff, and it's like, no. Like the third time that I heard the voice in my house was with somebody else. Yeah. And there's no debunking from there on. Yeah. It was like, you that. you just can't. It's just you got to accept it. Yeah. That was the like first real paranormal stuff. After that, it, it there was one more thing that I remember that was real specific about that house. I told her after she told me she believed me, I said, it's that mirror and I don't want to be up in the loft anymore because I really was scared. I would try to fall asleep with my fingers and my ears, but it's really hard to oh, do. <laughs> wow. How scared I was. And she believed me though. So they rearranged things. I was able to, I shared a room with my little brother. It was cool. Or maybe, maybe my older brother went, I can't remember. And uh, the last thing that I specifically remember about that mirror is one night because I did hear disembodied voices. I was so freaked out. I climbed down the ladder and I was just going to beeline it to my parents' room, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In that mirror, I kid you not, my little mind really did see a, like a soldier, a Confederate soldier standing just in the mirror and I remember specifically the collar um he had a mustache and the way his hair was with a little not like the union but it was a little hat that he had it was small and I just remember the build kind of being it was like a short one like a short little one I drew it out a couple like months ago, I think last year or something. I think last winter I did. Um, I drew it oh, out and showed my mom what it was that I still you remember. Sure you wanna sure you wanna do that? Bring it back into the, your fucking existence. <laughs> it took forever. <laughs> it took forever. My mom didn't believe me on that one, but she actually started believing the mirror was the cause of some weird shit happening to her too. She didn't elaborate back then though. And uh, then we moved. And that that mirror broke on the major move when my dad went to go get the house and the furniture and shit. So um, probably the seven years of bad luck I lived in when we got to Denver explained it all. Holy shit. 
But that's when I was a kid. The crazy stuff has happened when I was an adult. Um, Like there's, I'm not lying. My mom and my parents lived in this house that was extremely haunted. Kind of like how those shows are on like Netflix. There's one called Haunted or there used to be called one called A Haunting that used to be on during the day. And it would be people reenacting the stuff that had happened paranormal in their lives. It's almost as bizarre and crazy as that one. That house scared the living shit out of everybody. That was Holy shit. <laughs> um, that, so all the stories you just told me was like a precursor. Oh yeah. What's coming next. oh yeah. So, oh I love it. Okay. Let's go. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So <laughs> I mentioned earlier. Hey, you're, you're old about now. This is a time period. Yeah. It, this one is pretty crazy. I'm actually excited to tell you this one because it's so you're there's gonna be people be like, yeah, fucking right. Like it's yeah. natural because I'm the same way. So I'm sorry if it sounds far fetched to your followers but i'm going to be completely transparent with it. that's okay i didn't uh, live so, with my parents um i moved out huh, when i was 16 so okay yeah yeah so this has happened at her house or go ahead what's your question though oh like how old are you at the time when this other stuff starts happening so by the time i was like 16 17 i already had my own place with that terrible ex-boyfriend right yeah my mom and my dad so back up a little bit when my mom was, when i was 14 my mom got into a really terrible car accident the man who hit her was a legally blind 78 year old man she was driving a kia sportage and back then it was a soft top two door so she loved her car. It was like her baby. And he was driving a like a Ford Bronco, smashed into her at like <sighs> 70 miles an hour. And uh, to make a long story short, she broke and insurance paid her a hefty amount of money. So she bought this house and I was on my own. And uh, my my brothers lived with her, my dad. I think my little brother was just about going to be like 13, 14 around then. My older brother was there. And it was a beautiful home. Don't get me wrong. It's still there. It was originally a three-bedroom, like four-bath because there was bathroom in every corner. Wow. It had an indoor swimming pool with a custom rock wall. No shit. Oh, it was beautiful. That was like a fucking mansion. It kind of was but it's not like mansion like beverly hills type it's more like old rustic um like western kind of like southwestern gotcha it was a ranch style home so no stairs it had a massive carport and garage it had a enclosed patio but it also had an open back door patio she saw if anybody is from Colorado, she was able to see Pikes Peak from her backyard. It's the tallest mountain uh, top there. Beautiful, beautiful. And there wasn't a lot of people there at the time. It wasn't really like a, like people were starting to build houses out there. So her house was actually the second oldest for that area. And she, the realtor was honest. There was a man who passed away prior. He died of leukemia. The guy selling it was his nephew. It had a, the indoor pool, which was huge. It was huge. It went nine feet down. It had a custom rock wall, two living rooms. Um, the little living room had like a live rock garden 
like water in it. It was pretty cool in a floating bar. And it was, it was gorgeous. It was gorgeous. She had about an acre of land. So it was just gorgeous. Gorgeous home. A dream home, right? <laughs> and um, so they move in. They had one more load. I believe my little brother was the first person to have an experience because when they went to go get the last load to move the house from one A to B, right? My little brother wanted to stay there by himself. When when they returned, he had every single light on in the house. And he was like, Don't ever fucking leave me. That oh my god. <laughs> he was so scared. And they were gone for a few hours. So poor kid. And uh he said oh. it just Huh? Alone? Yes, alone. My parents, my man, my older brother was babysitting us before the legal age of babysitting. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was staying home. My little brother, he had his own. He had to take care of himself. When yeah, we I was there. staying home alone too at, a, at an early age as well. Yeah, don't answer the door for anybody. Don't don't answer the phone. Nothing. I called my mom at work one time because I heard the wind whistling in the window and I was terrified. I was home alone. <laughs> Mommy, She's like, Mommy. I'll be home in like a couple hours. Don't worry. I'm on some fucking <laughs> right? I'll tell you about my first experience there. They got moved in, settled in. They asked us to go visit. So I lived in Denver, and they lived in a town called Pueblo West. Anybody who knows Colorado, they'll know Pueblo West. Um, so... She asked us to come visit. We were cool with that. We went down there. And back then, my mom had satellite TV. And if you had satellite TV, that was like the best TV. Oh, for sure. (laughs) And so uh, we didn't have TV in our apartment. (laughs) So we didn't have cable, at least. We got the little antenna, but that was it. And uh, we'd stayed up watching TV. And um, my mom's front door, right to the right, when you come in, is a bathroom. And it's, you know, like a quick washroom for people and guests. And it was close to 3 a.m. because I, I do remember that. And I didn't feel uneasy up until this point, honestly. My ex-boyfriend said he needed to go to the bathroom. And I was like, okay. And that's what he did. He went to that front living room one. And I was waiting, you know, man doing his man business. And I felt like somebody was breathing like down on my neck and I was like he's trying to trick me so I grab a pillow thinking I outsmarted him and try to whack him from and not turn around and do it just kind of put it over my head and I was like stop it and then when I did that the toilet flushed and I was like I was scared I was like what the fuck was that yeah, that's how it felt. So make note that I my back is facing the second living room. This this living room had windows that were from ceiling to floor and a grand like a uh, fireplace, huge. The mantle, this this foot mantle was like 2 feet out from the from the actual fireplace. Real pretty. And I always, I'm paranoid. I have all my blinds shut even to this day. (laughs) And my mom didn't really do that in her house. And I just felt sick to my stomach. I was like, what the fuck was that? So I lied and I was like, I'm ready for bed. But really I was scared out of my fucking mind. (laughs) And that was my first I'm going to go build a fort in my bed and like (laughs) hide under it. Right? Because I sure went into the guest bedroom and hid under my blankets. So 
I didn't tell anybody though. I just, I just wrote it off as logical explanation. But if I can't get one out of myself, even then I just have to accept what the hell happened. So I kept it to myself. Mind you, everybody else in that household that lived there was going through their own individual stuff with whatever was in that house. So Christmas time comes around. My mom's like, come down for Christmas. We got you something. And this is right around the time that I'm actually getting into tattooing. And I had mentioned that I wanted to and that I was going to be looking at machines. And so that was the Christmas. And I have a picture. I'm going to send it to you after this, actually. I have a picture. You're going to love this. Um, I was opening the Christmas present. You know, we did it the day before Christmas. So Christmas, we could just cook and eat and not have to worry about all the extra stuff. That year, though, let me just say this. My dad had got my mom this really beautiful Canon camera. So high quality photography camera. And she was just loved it because she was going to take pictures of her backyard, things like that. And this was like right around the time Ghost Adventures had just came on to public TV, you know, networks and stuff. Is that the, the uh, Zach Baggins show? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep, oh, yep. No. So he was he was starting to be popular. There was another one in the States called Ghost Hunters. So my mom was into it, right? Just always was. A, gu- and, a guest that I had on my show earlier mm-hmm. a while ago, he called it Ghost Hunters. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I got to tell my mom that because she is a diehard fan. <laughs> and so Ghost Hunters. That's a good <laughs> whoever thought of that damn you I should have thought of that first (laughs) (laughs) um no so that was like like brand new and popular and we were just kind of kidding and talking about the paranormal how I liked the show my mom liked it my older brother and I was like you know they say if you like have a camera those little dots will appear if you take pictures and she goes orbs and I was like yeah whatever those circle things are (laughs) and so She's like, yeah, yeah. She goes, but those are probably fake. And I was like, okay, well, why don't you take pictures of me and I'll I'll ask if something's there. And um, that was a big mistake. <laughs> because Oh, shit. Because she was like, she was down with it. She put it on a birth, Bert, what is it? Burst? Burst. Burst shot. Burst shot. And she took a sequence of pictures. And I was like, if there's any ghost here, show yourself. And by the time we got to the third and fourth picture, orbs were forming. But I kid you not, Davey, one of them was massive above my head with hundreds of them surrounding it. And it had light to it. So you can kind of see where my face is a little faded out. But you can see me fine. I was sitting on my mom's little ottoman chair thingy. And uh, I think it was a chase. And I, once again, if you remember, I had my back turned to the grand living room. <laughs> and me and my mom are zooming in. <laughs> my older brother, Michael's all, what the fuck is that? We couldn't, we couldn't explain it. My mom's like, uh-oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I just remember her being like, uh-oh. It's like he summoned them. <laughs> It's like I really did do that because it just has been crazy since. Although the last, I would say, two years have actually simmered down quite a bit. 
that was just the beginning of that house. Everybody experienced crazy things. My father is a full-on skeptic. He kind of still is to this day, but he cannot explain what happened to him. And it scared this man. My dad's 6'4". He's a big dude. And this He's scared like, the shit out of me. Yeah, dad. He's all he's the logical thinker out of everything. Except for these motherfucking ghosts. He felt what he thought was a child crawl in between his legs in the middle of the night, like crawling up to get to his chest. My mom and dad. That sounds like that sounds like reverse pedophilia. Yeah, but (laughs) he says small, like childlike, because it felt light. He actually thought it was my mom's dog. But then he realized that all like both sides of him had pressure from where somebody something was putting pressure on the bed he said he shot up so quick turned on the light immediately and if you if you ever hear my dad or anything like that he's got a very distinct talk and he was like (laughs) i always replicate him and it's funny to make fun of him but he's like i turned on that light so quick tell you what (laughs) and he did it my mom woke up and she's like what's wrong he goes i felt something crawling up uh, upon me she was thinking spider and she was like oh so she's thinking a spider so she's looking around she goes i don't see nothing he goes no he goes i felt something and he told my mom what happened and she was like i need to tell you some things and she told him what had happened or what was happening to her my older brother was held down against his will under a blanket with my mom's dog because they were napping on the couch together and he says it felt like somebody just put all their like hand pressure on his chest and would not let him or Sasha the dog move and she was growling and fighting and she couldn't fucking move holds the dog couldn't move either Mm -hmm. the dogs were afraid of it an experience that I had too my parents convinced me to come down for four days but by then I had already had an experience so I was like I kind of don't want to and uh, my dad actually threw I'm not going to your fucking haunted house mom and dad (laughs) yeah I wasn't gonna I never told them what what actually had happened uh, the first time or anything so this experience I went down there I was bribed with some basketball tickets that's why back then when I used to watch it I was a huge Denver Nugget fan so my dad's like I'll give you some tickets if you watch the house and I was like you literally have two dudes that live in your house (laughs) the truth is is my mom did not want my brother Michael to throw a party but that wouldn't have stopped him anyways because I would have never told on him (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, so um the they had left i got to sleep in their bedroom jack the chihuahua used to sleep on my mom's clothes whenever she wasn't uh in the house because he had separation anxiety and he used to like if you stomped your foot at him he would make these yelping noises because he was like so afraid and sasha she didn't care she would sleep on the bed with me and that's what happened yeah uh, my older brother woke me up seven o'clock in the morning. I gotta take, I gotta take Damon to school because he was still in high school, and so I was like, he didn't even need to tell me that. And then uh, he woke me up again about nine nine thirty. He's like, I'm gonna go to work. I'll be back at twelve twelve thirty for lunch. So I was like, again, you didn't need to tell me this. Right. So by then I'm awake. Sasha's still on the bed. Michael's gone. Like I hear him in his car out the driveway, gone down the road, and I'm just laying there like fuck. All right, I suppose I'll get up. But I just laid there for a minute. I didn't have my own cell phone, so 
my my ex had the phone and I just kind of had the house phone. So <laughs> and I heard the landline. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What was crazy though is um Jack was in the closet. That I did know. And because uh, he was there all night. And I hear this clack, 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 clack sound. And I was like, what the fuck was that? Like two pieces of plastic hitting each other. I was like, what the fuck is that? And uh, Sasha looked at me, looked at the closet, growled. Jack had yelped. He was like, Bleh! and he had taken off running. And uh, I looked at Sasha and I was like, what the fuck was that, Sasha? <laughs> she growled. She tried to get under the blankets. She was like, hell no. Holy shit. <laughs> so my ass was scared. And I always say I'm scared because I am, but I just have to deal with it anyways. <laughs> And I pick up Sasha and try to use her as a shield, kind of. I know it's kind of mean, but I was holding on to her. <laughs> and, um, Operation Doggy Shield. Yeah. I would have tossed her. <laughs> no, I wouldn't have. And um, I went into my mom's, like, I peeked around my mom's closet because that's where it came from. And it was two hangers out of the bunch of hangers together, rotate, like, not rotating, but swinging back and forth in opposite directions. So one was going left, one was going right. And I was like, what the fuck? So then I was like, okay, maybe, maybe Jack pulled it down and it scared the shit out of him. That's logic, right? I pick up the sweaters and they were too short. Jack would have never, never reached them at all. Right. And, uh, I was about I, to ask you that. Like, yeah. would the dog be able to reach that high? No, he's a chihuahua. These were like... So they like, so hanging down enough for Jack yeah. to move I anything? Put it up, I put one back up there and I was like, no way. No way. And when it clicked, I I had I had to pick up Sasha again. Sasha was standing on the outside of the door. Because when I put her down, I had put her down with me and she went immediately outside the door. I fucking grabbed her and I waited in the driveway until my brother came home. Yeah. I was out there. I couldn't find Jack. And I was like, well, Jack's just going to have to fend for himself. And Sasha stayed out there with me for a minute. And I let her walk around. My brother pulls up. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, why didn't any of you tell me there was something in this house? And he has a distinct giggle. And he did that giggle. I'll never forget it. And he goes, what did it do? And I was like, oh, you know? God. And he's he laughed again. He was like, "Yeah." He's like, "There's been a couple of things going on." And he he told me. I told him my very first one. My ex and I ended up splitting up, so I moved back in for a short time with my parents again. And this was like years later, and it was just fucking terrible. Like the energy in it was terrible. My little brother saw what he thought was my mom walk through his wall. My older Holy brother. Shit. Yeah, but the only reason why he thought it was my mom is because my mom happened to be wearing like a, a similar shirt that day. I thought I saw my dad standing in the kitchen, but when I went to go t tell him something, he was completely gone. He was actually over by the dog pins because when I looked out the window where I was originally standing, he was already out there. There was no way he could have made it that far onto the property without running from the kitchen to where the dog pins were. 
my cousin Jackie and I all night kept hearing the middle bedroom door open and shut, open and shut, open. We would not see it open. We would just hear it because my door was cracked because we were in my parents' bedroom at the time. And we were kind of staying up talking and every 15 minutes open, close, obnoxiously too. Finally, I get up and I open the door and I'm getting ready to yell at my brother and his girlfriend and they're snoring. <laughs> and I told, oh. Jack, I told my cousin, I was like, uh, I don't think that was them. You maybe you may initially thought they were fucking? No, I just thought they kept walking in and out <laughs> of the fucking door. Well, what's crazy is my little brother's door was open too. So when I shut the door of my brother and where his girlfriend were, my little brother's like, yeah, it's not moving. I've been watching the door the whole time. And I was like, what the fuck is that noise? And he's like, it's the door, but I've been watching it. It's not moving. And I was like, fuck. My mom, remember she had the camera. She took, she always took pictures and she does have the memory cards because um, this was pre-super smartphones. <laughs> yeah. So my mom has memory cards full of the house and stuff and everything <clears throat> went ghost hunting. It didn't help that by then we were like knee deep into our own ghost hunting too and having like really, really crazy experiences where we were ghost hunting too. That house was terrible. It led to the demise of my parents' relationship. Although there was factors already set up for that, it just got so unbearable between them. It was like a like a like feeding off a negative energy. Right, that right. Was, yeah. That house scared the shit out of me. And I've heard, I've heard a lot of stories as well, Megan, about um, ghosts that uh, like you got to check out my friend's podcast, uh, Cosmic Peach. Mm-hmm she's had experiences where the the ghosts in her house would mimic her mother or cousin or whatever mm-hmm. mimic them and make it think make her think that it was them but it wasn't yeah my dad saw the ghost man what we believe was we don't think the man with leukemia was the one behind it we think it was the land because there was a native massacre that had happened within 10 miles of the home they used to be kind of like plain they weren't located on the plains but they used to be kind of like meadow natives i think i cannot remember the tribe and i'm sorry i should have googled it i think i don't want to say ludlow massacre i don't want to say it's that one because but it does you can actually look up this specific spot where the massacre had happened and uh the reason why I say that is because my mom was taking pictures of uh, her backyard, things like that. And in the evening time, be right before dusk, my mom was taking pictures of the mountain um, that's off in the distance. And she actually caught a whole apparition, not of one person, but four total. And it was weird because the mist that appeared in these photos was kind of red like in dark although it was still very much light outside even though it was right before dusk and she could see well and i've seen it too multiple people can attest to this not just immediate family members but friends as well but in this particular picture there is a native with like a war bonnet on because there are feathers on his head there's a man that's kneeled down looks like he's on his knees and then there's two other natives kind of standing behind him 
And it's so bizarre because you can see enough to where there's no details as far as little things, but you can see where the eyes of each individual would be. Except for the soldier kneeling down or maybe the man, I don't know if it was a soldier, looked like he was maybe injured. And nobody can explain this photo because the next one after that was nothing. It was back to normal. There's... EVPs that she caught in the house, one that said, I have a knife. I don't think those exist anymore, but it was crazy in that house. Everybody, including the dogs, the dogs were tormented also. My cousin Jackie lived with my parents and she had a baby and that was my parents' godson. And even as a little toddler, he'd be talking to something that wasn't there. But check this out. There was a pool before my mom filled it, and my mom was super strict on having the pool room locked at all times, especially if we had guests, because the last thing she wanted was people falling in. And my brother's friends were over. I don't know why. I wasn't there, but they've all told me what happened. And uh, they were at the house and one of them has a small child. His name is Michael, actually. And uh, that's my older brother's name, too. Michael's a little boy. He's like three years old. And I think because my brother's friend was going to be doing some yard work for my mom and they just happened to be in the area. Anyways, they're going about the house and my mom happens to walk out into the living room where that sliding door that went to the pool room would be. And she noticed it was slightly open and she was just like, Hmm. And then she's like, why is this unlocked? You know, in her head, she goes, she just knew something was not right because they hadn't even gone into the pool room at all. And so she opened it and she noticed the top of the pool cover was wet and she peeled back the, cover and the little boy had fallen into the deep end of the pool so it's about nine feet down and my mom right away is calling for help and it just so happens that the little boy's mom who's also holding a a baby um, realize what's happening and my mom can't get into the pool like that because of her injuries and the water is freezing cold she did not have it turned on essentially like the heating and the woman, I can't remember her name, but she literally dropped her baby. My mom caught the baby. She dropped her kid and immediately dived in and got her son out. And they were, they knew how to kind of do CPR, but not the correct way. And they were having troubles in the And I think my older brother removed the mother away because she was screaming hysterically. My mom's panicking, but she's also calling 911. And then the my brother's friend who's there to do the yard work, he's trying to do CPR. It just so happens that my little brother happened to complete some CPR first aid training for his school and stuff. Yep. And he was the commotion of what was going on. Buddha, the, the guy that was going to be doing the work, he wasn't doing CPR correctly because he never tilted the boy's head back. So no air was going into him whatsoever. So my little brother took over and told Buddha to calm or told him to calm down his sister blah 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 because that was the sister so his nephew was the boy that drowned this boy's my mom was like this boy was blue like no life there was distance in the eyes but the light was fading type of deal and my little brother did cpr and he coughed up threw up 
which means he didn't write. And paramedics were on the way, got the kid assessed and everything. And my mom, like everybody there, their heart was heavy, went to the hospital. The little boy asked his mom, mommy, who was the woman in the pool with me? And she was like, that was me. I jumped in to get you. And he was like, no, before you did. Because she was there the whole time. And nobody can figure out. Nobody knew who the woman was. Nobody ever felt there was a woman in the house. So we don't actually know if that's actually paranormal. Maybe, you know, he was on the brink of passing away. Maybe guardian angel. But that that was when my mom told me that. And she told us, and even the little boy remembers, he actually graduated, I believe, like last year. He remembers, and he still says there was a woman in the pool with him. He'll never, he'll never forget it. He'll never forget it. Never. Yeah. And that's just all at that house. Just that did you, house. Did any, any, any of your family or you do any research on that house, like the history of it? I did a little bit. Um, that's where I come to terms with the land being involved with it. But there was also elements that may have contributed to it, like the live rock garden that unless you had a sledgehammer, you're not getting it out of the floor and wall kind of deal. There was an indoor swimming pool, like natural elements like that, that can help with power and stuff like that. Did uh, and, What about the mirror? Was, did the mirror have anything to do no, with that house? So when my parents packed up and moved to Colorado from Tennessee, the mirror was the only item that broke. And I was like, great, seven years of bad luck type deal. Yeah, maybe it all came from the mirror. That's what we (laughs) speculated like way later because each one of us kind of went through our own problems. That relationship for me was like terrible. So there was a lot of things that were happening. I wasn't really like close with my family, even though I was around, I was kind of like the black sheep. So I was around at a distance. But when my parents separated, it was really because that energy in that house finally was the driving force. Like it was, it was terrible. Yeah, it was pretty terrible. All this episode, it came from the mirror. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that'd be a good title. But then, too, we did a lot of ghost hunting, and I have an aunt who is, uh, well, technically, she's not a psychic. Like, she ain't out there reading people, but she's gifted. She can see them. She can see people's auras. If she sees your aura, she knows you're going to pass away. So Oh, shit. Yeah, but she she goes to a cemetery, and she, she knows people are out, and that's what she always says. There's too many of them walking here. She can't go to funerals for long because of that. Because they all have something to say, she said. So she, one night after ghost hunting, she wouldn't even let her daughter, because her her daughter, who's my older cousin, so closer to my mom's age, but not quite, um, she used to go with us. And she made her wait at the door to get her kid. She even insisted that the her kid stay the night because... And I quote, you brought something back with you and he's not invited in. And I was like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Like weird shit has happened. My mom's current house, we know for sure has one, but it's like not malicious. Um, it's several people. Her house is like 100 something years old. It's a Victorian house. Uh, my, currently. Yeah. Her current home. Oh, wow. Yes. So she moved. Hey, you know, it's, you know it's old, people always say that these things follow you, right? That's what my mother says. She says, every time I'm around, something happens. And everybody has said that. Even my husband says it. My best friend says it. They say it's probably me. 
but I'm like how the fuck (laughs) and then I think back and I really honestly think it was that day you know I'm sitting on my mom's little chair saying if there's anybody in here and they all appeared over my head but that dream that I told you about that probably is the craziest most recent thing that has happened and I can't even explain that other than it was a dream and it was terribly accurate (laughs) pretty crazy though Jesus uh, growing up as a child, I would have, uh, I had like, like this little ukulele or something in, in my bedroom. Yeah. And, and I would have like a vision probably in my sleep. I'm not sure if it was in my sleep or I was awake, but in the middle of the night, I would hear it strum by itself. You know what? I believe children are way more susceptible to those things too. You well, probably it's, it's, weren't dreaming. Probably not. Or maybe you were astro projecting and had no idea. So you probably did hear, hear it and see it. Like I've had deja vus too that are like really unexplainable. Where it's just like I've been here before. I've been through this exact scenario. I just don't understand where or what. And don't hit me till way later. Everything paranormal that has happened. I have a video. I don't know if you have Facebook. Do you have Facebook? I don't do Facebook. Okay. I don't know if you can see it, but what else? I don't know how good the quality is. So um, I lived in Lake Havasu, Arizona, and tons of Canadians used to go down there, just letting you know. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I love Arizona. I've been the down, winter, they I've been down there. Little, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And, um, but I was in Lake Havasu, Arizona, living there, and we caught something on camera actually and this was on a shitty fucking computer recording from the like whatever built-in computer but on Facebook if you had one I would be able to send it to you because it has much better quality if I try to screen record you're probably not going to see anything but prior to that my husband recorded my dog Duchess growling out the bathroom in my son's bedroom Um, even though there was nobody over there, my son, I could see him on video. He's chilling there on the couch being a little kid, you know, and he had showed (laughs) me that when he went to go pick me up from work and he was like, check this out. And I was like, crazy. And it just so happens that he had bought me dousing rods and I had been messing with him. And I'm pretty sure whatever I was doing allowed that energy to come into the house. Cause essentially I'm asking random questions to see if these things are real or not. Right. And he decided he was going to record the whole entire living room. You could see the bathroom, hall area. And then we had this big old TV. And you see this little, I want to say person, like no bigger than the height of a desk, really. Maybe a little bit taller, like the little top of his head. But you see it manifest and you see this hand reach for something. It must have bumped into the desk and I still have this desk actually because it kind of made that sound like as if the drawer was shutting but it was reaching on top of it totally caught that on video nothing else on that video a whole 45 minutes and on the 30 minute mark is when we see something and I just remember being like what the fuck not again (laughs) Jesus it seems like you it seems like you have like this thing or your family is connected to the spiritual realm somehow maybe it doesn't 
it doesn't bother me as much now because now I can basically just say, all right, what do you like? I already know you're here. I'm not going to give you the attention you want. Like, yeah, Las but, Vegas, yeah, they, we they had some stuff happen. Sure. I think they wanted the attention, the, the attention, attention, yeah. you know. Because my buddy, my buddy told me that, like, he, he was never really a believer in, like, the afterlife or ghosts. My dad, or too. But, but he was telling me that he'd be sitting at home. And this is this was one of the experiences, one of the many experiences he had at his house. But he was he'd be sitting in a, uh, in the living room, and the kitchen was it was like an open concept, right? So he could see into the kitchen. Yeah. And he'd be watching TV, and he'd see sparks in the corner of his eye, like hmm. in the kitchen, and he's like like blue sparks, and he'd like like what the fuck? And he would look, and he'd see the spark. But it would like zip away to the right into the hallway where you couldn't see. And he he told me the way that he, he described it was it's almost like it wanted my attention. Like it was like mm-hmm. look at me, right? And then Over it would here. just look at it, right? <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Yeah, and I think I think some some spirits are well aware that they're spirits too. I think there's lost ones bad ones good ones I, I know a lot of people are like no those aren't spirits those are demons like i believe in the devil just as much as i believe in the god i know for sure those two are sure. yeah um i'll tell you in my mom's current house my niece and she remembers that she's 12 now my niece had a whole experience and it was crazy this whole experience i happened to be on the phone with my mom and my niece was over with at my mom's house at her current house she was about four my mom when my niece was about i would say eight months my mom had a husband who was from africa and his name was anatol he was from cameroon africa and he was huge he was six eight my dad's tall if you're if this guy's name is Anatol, he must be fucking huge yeah (laughs) (laughs) for real Anatol Blaze Wanda. That was his name. Well, they were married. Jesus. Sounds they like a married. fucking god. <laughs> right? <laughs> One of them old African uh, Nubian ones. Yeah. Something like that. No, he was massive. He was either 6'6 six, six or 6'8. Six, I can't remember. My little brother is 6'3. And so Anatol is bigger than both my dad and my brother in, in stature and height. And um, he passed away, sadly. He had a... Shit. I guess like a clogged artery in his heart or it just ruptured and there was no way people have a lot of problems apparently like health Well, problems. he was healthy. He was actually younger than my mom. He was also a black belt. Like he was ripped, man. Like his this guy arms fucking murder somebody by flicking <laughs> them. Arnold the Schwarzenegger looked like a kitten. <laughs> he flicked somebody in the forehead and fucking killed them. Yeah. And I mean, he was don't get me wrong, he, everything about his culture was so awesome like he spoke french he had a real heavy french accent because they primarily speak french in cameroon um and so he would always tell me megan i want you to teach me all the bad words and i'm like cuss words that's (laughs) funny super cool what is why do they always say fuck for everything (laughs) (laughs) why are you why are you gay yeah, um, like, it's very bad. Man lay with man, not good. But I accept it's your life. Because my little brother is gay, but not like, hey, hey, boy. Right, right, not right. Like that. 
he's very much a dude. (laughs) And so um, my niece is about four years old and I'm on the phone with my mom. This is when I'm actually living in Lake Havasu still. And I was talking to them and yada, yada. And my, my niece starts crying like, grandma, grandma, there's a man. And my, I can hear my mom. What? Why? What's wrong, honey? Grandma, there's a man. And I don't want to sound all prejudice of any sort but she specifically says there's a black man in by the window and so my mom looks out the window she goes nobody's there honey I'm just shutting the curtains and she goes he went into the floor so what the my fuck? mom's like what she goes he disappeared in the floor he went in the floor grandma. like fucking I super mario bloop, bloop, bloop. yeah and when my mom got her to calm down, she was able to tell my mom that there was a tall black man standing next to her and he waved to her and he smiled and she doesn't recognize him because she was just a baby when he died. But they were two peas in a pod, man. Like he put her way up in the trees in my mom's yard. She loved it. And um, so she she was like, oh, it's OK, honey. Nothing's there. I'll protect you. But she couldn't figure out a black man she didn't even she didn't even think Anatol initially and then Lily happened to walk by a picture of Anatol she goes that was the man grandma she memorized she remembered because the next morning when she woke up she was kind of like peeking out from the doorway to see if the living room was clear and stuff and my niece will tell you she does remember he smiled and waved at her and because she freaked out he just kind of went into the floor and I thought that was cool. The whole time I'm on the phone with her, and I was just like, wow, what a crazy experience. Because we all loved Anatol. Like, yeah. It was so sad for him to pass away. But the fact that the only really time he's ever shown himself was really to my niece. And my mom says that she has, like, maybe felt him around or would pick up a familiar scent of his because he had a particular scent. And That's wild. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, so my buddy, a friend of mine, Daryl, passed away when he was like 25 in a car accident. Mm. And uh, so fast forward years later, and one of my best friends who um, was best friends with him, Mm -hmm. he he has two kids. And um, this is the same guy I was telling you about who saw Sparks in the living room, right? Yeah, uh, in the kitchen while he was in the living room. But anyway, his his daughter would be sleeping, and she'd wake up in the middle of the night, and she'd see a shadow there. Mm. And uh, anyway, um, she would say to my buddy, like her dad, Uncle Daryl is protecting me. Oh, yeah, she knew it was Aww. him. Isn't it crazy, dude? It's like fucking wild. Kids are so sensitive too. It is. It's so amazing, dude. Like, like you, there's no denying in my yeah. mind that there is a fucking afterlife and a spiritual realm. Whatever it is, I don't know. I don't know the fucking schematics that our creator has uh, provided for us, but it could it, just be. I mean, if you believe in the things like the Matrix or the possibility of it, it could be dimensional also. Maybe they're stuck in that dimension that they died in because that would make it kind of makes sense in my head. Yeah, they are. They are essentially energy and it takes energy to manifest them. And we know 
We are everything in this universe is energy. We yeah. are energy. Even and things that that yeah. Energy yeah. be fucking destroyed. Yeah. Right? True. Yeah. So that's that. So before we close off, I want you to tell me the story and, and my my audience the story that you were telling us on your live chat or your live yeah. video. So this happened just a few months ago. My best friend had a friend named Tina and Tina had some serious back issues. She had had two surgeries. She was older than me, a little bit older than my best friend. And my best friend's a little bit older than me. So she was probably, I think like 38, 39 at least when she had passed. Her name was Tina and I didn't know her personally. I had only actually met her one time, but we were like social media friends. So we've had conversations and um, anybody who knows me personally, like I do makeup, I love makeup and I'm always, you know, people always want me to help them with their eyebrows and things like that. That was like the joke me and Tina had. She wanted me to fix her eyebrows. <laughs> and so I was sad when she passed away when I heard that she did. And, you know, it sucks. she had just a little one-year-old. She had other children too, you know, almost grown <coughs> daughters. And I, Everybody that I knew that knew her was affected by her death. Realistically, it was the amount of um, kind of medication she had to take so she wouldn't be in pain. She didn't OD. It was just more long-term use because she's had multiple surgeries in her spine and they were never really done correctly. So I just happened to have a dream where it was like... I knew where I was essentially because it was a mix of everywhere that I've lived in the last 10 years. But one thing that was not really something I could distinguish like from my memory was I knew I was picking up my son from school. I was walking there down this hill. I made it to the gymnasium and I, I can't really tell you if I've ever seen it, but it was pretty had a huge stage but I just remember my son playing basketball and everything in the dream started to slowly slow down but not me and I just kind of heard this voice go hey and I turn and it's Tina and Tina looks like Tina but Tina look doesn't look like everybody else in my dream everything in my dream just kind of stopped in place and I just looked at her and I was like hi and and she had this smile on her face. She looked like really healthy and she was like upright. And she goes, I'm looking for Halsey. And that's my best friend's name. And I just kind of felt perplexed in my dream. And she goes, and I think I said, oh, yeah, she's at Randy's birthday party or Halloween party. It's 90s themes. And Randy is her sister, uh, Halsey's sister. And she was, she just smiled at me and I was like, she goes, I'm really, I'm really okay, is what she said next. She goes, I, I feel great. I could walk. Nothing hurts anymore. And I just remember like kind of going, oh, in my head and in my dream. And I was like, that makes me happy. And she was like, just tell everybody I, I miss them and I love them. And I was like, okay. And I was like, is there anything else that you want to say? And she's kind of like turning around at this point and she kind of looks back and she goes, yeah, tell Siam that it doesn't smell like rotten potatoes anymore. And Siam is her oldest daughter. And uh, I was like, 
I remember waking up and being like, it doesn't smell like fucking potatoes. I was like, what the fuck <laughs> is that about? And so I actually called my best friend while I was still in bed. Like I had just woken up. Mind you, you know, that we're we live in the same time zone, but I didn't know she was awake, but she was. And she was like, What up? And I was like, Hey, I was like, let me just tell you about this dream I had. And I I told her everything. And so she was like, Oh my God. And you know, towards the end, everybody felt bad Tina had passed away because towards the end she she wasn't around as much. It was hard to see her in that condition. And I know Halsey had felt really guilty for like being a bad friend or how she felt, not that she was. And I would always tell her, it's okay. You couldn't have stopped that regardless. Like the pain was just too much. And I reiterated, she looked beautiful. She looked great. And one thing that stood out was how nice her eyebrows were. (laughs) And I told Halsey all of this. So while I was on the phone with Halsey, Halsey, uh, message Siam and to our surprise Siam had replied and she told her hey like Megan didn't know your mom but she she did chat with you and she's like oh yeah good you know keeping busy the small stuff so she proceeded to tell her my dream and she was like and one more thing uh the last thing that your mom said to Megan was tell Siam it doesn't smell like rotten potatoes anymore and Siam replied, I'm so happy to hear all of this. This I really needed to hear it. This really makes me happy. And uh, she goes, and it's weird about the potatoes because last night my sister and I were in my grandparents' basement and we found a bag of rotting potatoes. We couldn't find the smell. We found them. It was rotted potatoes. And she goes, we threw them out. She goes, that's so crazy. And I was like, what the fuck? Dude, that is fucking insane. And I just felt like because Halsey, it's so funny. Everybody says we're the same people. We talk alike. We act alike. Like my mom swears she gave birth to both of us. And uh, I just feel like maybe my door was open. My energy was open. And Tina, knowing that I'm very close to Halsey, it probably matched the energy. Right. And she got me instead. And I was happy to relay the <clears throat> message. I, I feel happy for that, honestly, because I feel like everybody who was told about it and it did go around the friend network that it really, really made them feel great to know that she was happy and okay. And spot on with the potatoes. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you think she was looking back at? I think she was going to leave because when she, when I figured she was about ready to be done, everything started picking up as far as my son playing basketball and everything else in the dream moving again. Because everything had stood still just for her to talk which was crazy she wasn't glowing I don't want to say it was all angelic but there was a light about her in her face her skin it was just different and I I can't really explain it's not your typical rays of light behind the body type you know fictitious type deal but interesting very fucking interesting she was she looked happy she was stand she did tell me to tell everybody she wasn't in pain which was huge because she really was in a terrible amount of pain yeah she was wheelchair like dependent on a wheelchair and things like that and she said she was standing upright and saying she's not in pain and yeah, I felt like That's... she was turning to leave, and then she was like, oh, and tell Siam it doesn't smell like 
rotten potatoes because i had specifically asked her is there anything else you want me to say because i she could... i knew then because now i knew that moment was way different feeling from a dream right i knew i was gonna tell my friend the moment i woke up halsey i knew i was gonna tell her and you know halsey... she very very specific messages she did and I and let me just reiterate, she wasn't a personal friend of mine. I only knew her through my friend and social media. I I didn't have like one on one pep talks. Most of the stuff that we chimed in about were like, you know, two three comment type deal. Yes, I'll help you with your eyebrows. No, you gotta right. do this. And and okay. that's that's what fucking freaked me out the most about when you were telling the story in the the live chat. Yeah. And I think because my my best friend and I, we've always been like the same wavelength. We're both cancers. I'm June 30th. She's July 4th. She's just a couple years older than me, but our demeanor is the same. Our sense of humor. Everybody swears that we're sisters, like not like looking like each other, just how we are. We can literally not say anything <laughs> to each other and just know what the hell we're talking about type deal. Totally. So I figured- yeah. The energy was probably very similar, if not the same. And she she got to the right person to give that right message. Halsey, too, not putting her personal business out there, was already going through with a lot, like a lot. So I doubt that door was open for her to come through. Right. Maybe yeah. it was what she needed anyways to kind of see the optimistic future. <laughs> the yeah, you were, you were in the right <laughs> for, for Tina yeah. to come your dream state yeah and because that's where a lot of the energy goes is in our dream state i think um i think too yeah and because i like my dream like i'm a dreamer a heavy dreamer i dream every fucking night doesn't matter what like because people are like i always tell people like man how are your dreams lately they're like i don't have any dreams i'm like what yeah my husband doesn't man my husband doesn't, but I I also feel like that's like a like Iraq War kind of related type, not mm. being able to dream. He, on occasion, when he does, they're pretty vivid for him to explain what has gone on. But I'm a dreamer too. On the very rare occasion, am I not dreaming? But the moment I shut my eyes, there's so much that goes on into my mind. Like I've had dreams too, being in certain situations or circumstances, and it happened. And that's so weird, too. Like, I had a dream way before the thought of ever moving to Las Vegas was ever a thing. Uh, I had a dream that my my husband, my son, and I, we were all living there. And it, it was real specific. The, the whole scenery, where we were, I knew I was there before when we got there to Vegas. And it was just crazy in my head. So you guys lived in Vegas? Yeah, we lived in Las Vegas, Nevada for crazy. two and a half years. Did you guys? Did you guys get like uh, go to the casino buffet and get some of the blue and yellow and green? And <laughs> yeah, we actually didn't go to the strip like that because one, it's a money grab. There's so many. Guess guess which places. number? Um, guess. <laughs> you you know uh, Vegas vacation, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Guess yes. which number? Uh, four. <laughs> five <laughs> yeah no I, vegas was cool <clears throat> lots of cool stuff we didn't really do the strip i was in vegas when covid happened so it was cool to see an empty strip but uh yeah no i'd stay away from that just because it's a it's 
Oh, it's not, for sure, dude. It's, it's, not it's competition. Very, like, it's yeah. not competitive wages anymore. They're all pretty much priced the same, except for you do get really good deals staying on the strip when you're yeah. out of towner, but it's not worth yeah. spending $50 for breakfast, another 50, right. 60, 100, 200. Next thing you know, you're spending like $500 a day, and that's just with like food and water and shit. So, yeah, no, thank you. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, 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 I... I, I always wanted to go to Vegas, but then I, I looked more into it. And I'm like, no, dude, like the, the lights and the scenery and everything it's would cool. probably be worth it, but I wouldn't gamble and shit. So yeah. I was never a better off the strip though. I'll tell you that much. Hmm. Like there's a couple of places that are good. Like if you go to the Caesars or like the Venetian has a really good place it's called the black tap i think they have these monster like shakes that have like whole uh, choco tacos churros like it has uh like a peanut butter it's it's like tons of shit and they're good and they're even their actual food is good too but other than that i would recommend going off the strip because you get more of realistic like authentic stuff yeah there's so much diversity there hands down I loved it for the simple fact that I'm a fat girl. (laughs) And so so I ate a lot in Vegas. Not so much now. Now that I'm in New Mexico, it's pretty much the same everywhere. But but it is it is pretty cool. There was some paranormal stuff like that scared the shit out of my my boys and my daughter, even unexplainable things. But then again, it goes back to whatever it is probably followed me. What in Vegas? (laughs) Yep. What happened there? My kids were shitting, man. So my older, my, actually my brother-in-law was visiting. The first apartment we lived in, he had downright asked me, he's like, hey, do you ever stay up late at night? And I was like, yeah, you know, insomnia, you know, whatever. My brain doesn't shut off. And he was like, do you ever hear shit? And I was like, like people upstairs? He's like, no. He's like, like stuff in your kitchen. And I was like, oh yeah. And I was like, I'm pretty sure there's shadow people over there. Well, he was sleeping in my daughter's room and he, he had an air mattress, so he didn't shut the door. And that's exactly what he was hearing and seeing was the shadow people in the kitchen. (laughs) And uh, then we got to our second apartment. And the first thing my daughter says, the day we're moving in is where's that little girl at? And I was like, what little girl? She goes, the one that was here. And I'm looking at her and I'm like, man, I got to move this box. I don't want to hear this right now. God damn, dude. They fucking everywhere. Yeah. One other thing, too, is I thought I heard singing coming from my boys' room. And I was like, what the fuck are they doing up so late? And I had my door open, but the air conditioner was on. And it's kind of like one of them loud ass ones from the 90s, right? It's like in the wall and shit. And so I wasn't sure, but it was pretty distinct singing. So I get up to go look and I open the door and the boys jump like they, like I jump scared them kind of. And um, fucking they were they were like holding their blankets up to their nose and i was like what's wrong and they're like um and i was like were you guys singing and he's like no and i was like what are you guys doing because the bottle just moved and tipped over on its own and i was like oh shit i pulled Holy them out of fuck. The, i pulled them out of that room and i was like we'll just go to the living room <laughs> and i was like we're just God damn. The living room. one more though i'm gonna give you one more so 
I mentioned Zach Bagan's Ghost Adventures. He has a museum in Vegas, and it's called the Haunted Museum. And it's he's got tons of oddities, like crazy shit he buys that are linked to murders, suicides, possessions. I've had yeah, I've had that go that have seen his museum. Yeah, so I went and with a friend of mine, um, and my friend ended up getting possessed. So they make you sign what? a waiver. They make you sign a waiver being that anything that attaches itself to you is our responsibility. Essentially, you can't sue us. You willingly came here knowing what the risks were type contract. Right. And we were excited. Like my homegirl was excited. And to make matters worse, her mother has a master's in theology. So, <laughs> so after the whole spiel, she was like, oh, I'm not even going to tell my mom. She's going to get so mad at me. Sorry, Alice. But um, <laughs> Holy um shit. we go. There's tons of stuff. I wish it could have been longer. I was having a blast. Like shit like that. Does I really I'm not afraid of it because I've already dealt with a lot of paranormal stuff already. That, <laughs> yeah, that I was no longer really like scared of what the possibilities were. I do remember feeling like a sharp pain in one of the rooms. But then again, I was kind of like fatter back then. <laughs> so I'm just <laughs> I'm just gonna write it off as that. <laughs> I was Border waiting for an hour outside already. So borderline heart attack, no big deal. Yeah, yeah no big deal. That's not a shrunken head. <laughs> that is definitely not the the little doll that's haunted. I forget what they call it, but cool stuff. Well, I got to this room. I started noticing my friend Alice wasn't like hyped up anymore. Like people actually, we were walking past other groups that were like 15 minutes ahead of us because it's not a big museum it's actually an old mansion home but it's a victorian style and it's in this old neighborhood one of the original neighborhood of las vegas there's old like gangster mansions in the back but they're all like you know like they're not modern mansions they're all one level usually huge and so i mean we lucked out we got good parking there and I noticed she wasn't hype anymore and she looked drained and then I started noticing people around me they all looked drained and I was like oh shit so we get to this room and I wanted to go take a look at this mummy's head like Zach purchased the actual mummified head of a Swedish man who used to practice witchcraft and the reason why his head was removed from his body was because he cursed whatever town he was hung in back in the day in Sweden uh he cursed it they buried him weird shit started happening they dug him up severed his head burned his body some shit the head still exists and so I was excited to go see and I was really looking into it. my friend refused to go in there and then we get to where the movie Demon House had the weird porch and stairs in the basement. And everybody just looks exhausted. And by the time we get out, I'm like, are you okay, Alice? And, you know, I bought a couple things at the gift shop. And she's like, oh, I'm just really tired, man. And I was like, yeah, we we're in because we went in the summertime and they have little misters outside. We were standing for about an hour. So I just figured she was drained from walking around as much as we had to. But no, it was it was strange. We took her to our apartment. The I have videos of her. I could send you a couple of things. And, you know, you could take a look for yourself. Her face fucking changed. 
at nighttime. She did not look like my friend Alice anymore. Her eyes had this eerie glow about them. And all Alice kept telling me was it's hard for her to breathe. And I was like, one or two things, anxiety or something is trying to fucking get in there, right? Right. So I, I sage her, but I made her sleep with one of my rosaries and I did a blessing on her. And I made her sleep with this crystal. Like I have, I have crystals, but my husband is a diode guy. So he has even cooler crystals and I made her sleep with them. And I did a blessing on her and I tried to cleanse her as much as possible. And I helped her say the Lord's prayer. And when she was trying to say the Lord's prayer, cause she didn't grow up Catholic. She was like Baptist, like Tennessee Baptist. Right. And she was like, every time I try to say these words, it feels like somebody's squeezing me all night. It barely lifted the next day and it took just about all of the afternoon. And when it finally did, it was like a total different person. The color came back to her face. Her eyes were her normal color. She was like the entire night while she was trying to sleep, it felt like somebody was grabbing the crucifix, the rosary, and just strangling her with it. And I was like, fuck, whatever it was fucking got you (laughs) fucking unbelievable dude yeah pretty crazy and that's the thing like apparently like possessions happen um to people with when they're already low vibes right Mm -hmm. and um, she doesn't have like negative ones but she's vulnerable for the simple fact of her mother's uh, theology uh, masters, her upbringing in, you know, Baptist South and stuff. So she was a military girl, actually. Um, And, you know, she's, she's been over to Afghanistan, too. So like, she's pretty well into a whole bunch of shit working, real level headed, not the type of person to kind of like, overhype a situation but man she couldn't explain it and I knew she she was like I'm not gonna tell my mom and I was like well I'm gonna let you take this sage with you (laughs) yeah that's crazy I I blessed her the because she stayed with us the entire week that she was there which you know if your family or your friends and we vibe with you doors open you will get the best hospitality and she was fine after that after the she said it felt like it just left her shoulders her back she said she felt like her back was burning and that's pretty much like possession really yeah pretty much um yeah. it overtakes your your vibe right it just yeah it's yeah. like a succubus like an incubus or succubus they just well, I, I, all I, of that I, energy i had my experiences with the succubus <laughs> like a real person or an actual spiritual one no a spiritual one in my Holy it was a very God. yeah very lucid dream um uh extremely lucid dream um lucid dream huh <laughs> yeah no, it was so lucid i was going through uh i said this on my show before for the audience but anyway mm-hmm. i'll tell you now um three months without masturbation or sex oh dear and it attacked me hardcore to the point where I woke up and it was mm, it was harder than I could ever imagine. And it hurt. It hurt. That's how hard it was. That's so crazy because my yeah. husband's been listening to the podcast right now, just us talking. 
And literally right now he goes, that happened to Tony. And Tony is his friend. His friend's in Colombia. And he's kind of spiritual, kind of getting in tune with your vibrations and your energy and stuff like that. He was also a military guy. He lives in Colombia right now. And he said he stopped going through chicks out in Colombia because, you know, he was never really single. Now that he was, he was just kind of running through them to just kind of put it bluntly. And he stopped. He was like, I'm trying to do enlightenment, stopped masturbating. And he said at three months, that's when it attacked him, too. Really? Fucking crazy, bro. (laughs) That's fucking amazing. That's crazy. But yeah, I what happened? I woke up and it was I can't even explain it. It was just like pointing up to the sky like a skyward sword Zelda style, right? Yeah, yeah. And a skyward sword and it was like so fucking hard that I was like in pain. Yeah. And at that time I was like trying to battle all of this stuff and I prayed. I was like please do not let me give in to this temptation. Yeah. And it was, I didn't, I did not. Good. Good. That just goes to show you how much the devil has worked on individuals on an Absolutely. individual basis. Absolutely. It knows your deepest weaknesses. And I'm not shaming anybody because your, your body is your body. You know yourself better than anybody else. People have natural feelings and really like masturbation and things like that can be a normal thing. I do believe there's excessive stuff that can lead to bad stuff, but I think if it was a weakness and it bet it really latched onto your, your energy for it and try to violate that's what goes back into religion with a lot of things too. Like I don't necessarily follow a religion now. I know what my faith is in and I know what's real and not. It, yeah. You know, I've, I've heard the, like what I could describe as a demonic growl twice in my life to know that God does not mess around as far as like my belief systems. I know he mm-hmm. exists too for circumstances that have happened as well. And I'm just like, you know, baffled everything's connected in one way or another it absolutely is and um if you decide to go that route my audience if you decide to like you know uh because i've talked to a lot of people and they say i think i jerk off too much i'm like well you probably do then if you think that you you do do it too much then you probably do so you might have to find a, a way around that and pray about it and that's what i did i was praying about it for like a week two weeks three weeks next thing i know i'm three months in and then i get this fucking lucid dream where this excuse me four foot eight fucking pixie dressed in leather (laughs) comes and me off weakness it went for your it went for your king (laughs) yeah i was like i woke up and i'm like I'm not having this. And I fucking prayed it, prayed it away, prayed it away. And that hard, hard on went down. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Did it, I, you know? it's, a, it's a fucking will, you know, right? that's what it is. And I can imagine it being no pun intended hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. I could imagine it being hard to kind of deal with and feel like alone in that aspect too. Cause it's not something that you want to be like, Hey, you know, because there's obviously people who would think funny or, you know, stupid. Of course, yeah. 
Yeah. Because we live in a world that's rampant in sin, right? Quote yeah. Right? I'm waiting no. for the cleansing, man. I know I'm not perfect, but geez, I am not like these other motherfuckers out here. <laughs> yeah, dude. For sure, dude. For yeah. sure. It's like, that's crazy. what I love about doing my show. Like, I can, like, be open about all these kind of things. And it's okay. I don't give a shit. I, I got over the fear of people people judging me because yeah. judging me is not God judging me. Mm-mm. So No. You could think I'm weird. You could think I'm a lot of things, but you can't even say anything to me that I haven't said to myself at one point. Exactly. Well, really, I'd, I've stopped caring a long time ago. Quick question, Nobody... though. Did you get your box of goodies yet? Not yet. Oh, Danny, Canada, I've, Parcel, whatever I've, your name is. Right? And so, here, Cartel, so Megan sent me a box of Mexican candy, and I'm so happy, and I'm fucking can't wait to get it. He and- he fucked up. He told me he's never had it. I sh- I asked him. He said no, he's never had it. And I was like, what the hell, Canada? <laughs> I know. <laughs> so when you get in, I want you to take pictures, do a little video, look at me trying this out. I for sure, out for sure. You don't have to like everything because really, it's an acquired taste. Well, not unfortunately for me, but for some, Mexico puts chili on everything. Well, I like chili. We we also got you like the staples of Mexican candy. So if we were going to send you some shit, we were going to send you the good shit. So awesome. I'm Um, so looking forward. But it's not like chili, like Tabasco. I just got to let you know. It's like, is there any tamarind in it? There is. I have sent you my favorite ones that have it, yes. Okay, but I don't mind tamarind, but that's I did it at first. But I tell you, the ones I sent you are the type that you work yourself into it, and it's just so good. We sent you we sent you a bunch of stuff. There's some surprises, little collectibles you could keep on your dresser. That's <laughs> and, awesome. And know that they came from a Mexican. <laughs> I'll eat one and save one for later. Well, you got packs of stuff in there, so you can spread the wealth if you want to. Oh, that's awesome. Tell I'll your Canadian friends that uh, the southern border is cool, like the northern border. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> um, one thing, too, with just my lineage, too, I, I told you yesterday that I found out I have living descendants in Canada, so I'm bound to go visit. As soon I think, as yeah, you told me that. Yeah, you told me that, yeah. Yeah. That's so, great. It's been Dude, cool. I'm we- going to send you some i'm gonna send you some videos and some in a picture i didn't tell you the story but um we'll save it for another time cool it'll, it'll be good but you're gonna love the picture and maybe you can attach it to your your social media your instagram yeah for like sure because i like to promote my my each episode so yeah, yeah. send me this some shit cool. i won't put this episode out until you send me stuff all right and i can Y'all attach it to for sure it's been cool, cool megs Okay, thank you so much for coming on. And um, do you want to plug anything? Where can my Uh, audience find Well, sorry, I smoked a joint while talking to you. (laughs) 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 And now I'm trying to think. Sure, if there's any girls out there that like eyelashes and makeup and stuff, you can find my shop. Um, I do custom portraits for people. So if you have a loved one in mind that you want something unique and special, I'd be happy to draw their portraits, various sizes and prices to choose from. I do specials, especially around Valentine's Day. 
I get a ton of work because obviously men like to surprise their old ladies and stuff. So if there's any dudes out there that got girlfriends or wives or baby moms or side chicks, don't forget, you could look me up and I'll have Davy link my actual store too for the makeup. Awesome. There you go. Thank you. And on Instagram is uh, woe underscore dreams with a Z. Yep. Yep. Dreams yep. with a Z. You can find me there. Um, don't oh. shoot because I'm a big titty goth. <laughs> <laughs> go eat. Go eat. That fucking, that, I, I, I laughed so hard. I was showing my friends your picture and you're showing cleavage and I showed them my comment and it said, oh, the things I could do with a pickle right now. <laughs> oh man i had you guys you and matt rolling the other day so uh, one thing before i go that's the kind of content i want to do but i got to convince you and matt to go into like um what is that one uh search and destroy and uh cyber attack would be better if i trolled those people in that deep southern accent (laughs) and have it um and post it and shit because that should be great but i had you guys cracking up Oh yeah, for sure. I fucking smoked and I was like, I'm not getting kills like I want to, so now I'm just gonna fuck with everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out, Matt. We love you, and we know that you're gonna listen to this episode. (laughs) For sure. And shout out to all of our fucking COD friends, man. They're fucking awesome. They are. They're all fucking hilarious. (laughs) Cool, Meg. It was fucking it was a blast to have you on. Thank you so much. And uh We'll we'll keep in touch. Talk to you later, bro. Bye. Bye. Thank you very much for once again listening to the Red Pill Cartel. This is Nigel the Goat speaking. And this is Nigel the Goat saying, Megan, Davy, and I love you very much. And we are looking forward to that sweet, sweet Mexican candy, aren't we, Davy? Yeah, I mean, I, I gotta pick up the package. There's a little bit of an issue with that, uh, but we're definitely gonna get that, and we're gonna enjoy it. Yes, Nigel is salivating for that hot chili. You know what I'm saying, Davy? Yeah, I can't wait either, man. I can't wait to try all these different candies that she said. We appreciate that, Megan, and uh, yeah, we. Look forward to getting you back on sometime and playing more Call of Duty, which we just did last night, which was fun. I was getting pissed off at it, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Davey, you need to settle down with the anger. You know what I'm saying? Do some shadow work. Yeah, it's just Call of Duty, you know? It's, it is what it is. It's annoying. I know, I know. It sucks. Too many people are way better than you at it. But anyway, Cartel, uh, like Davey said at the beginning of the episode, uh, go to Spotify, leave five-star review, uh, go to the comment section and interact with uh, Davey and I, and also go to Apple and uh, leave five-star review, leave comment. Uh, it helps get Nigel out of the matrix. Me too, me too, Nigel, not just you. Oh, yeah, don't forget about Davey. He needs to get out of the Matrix, too. Anyway, um, Cartel, if you go to patreon.com, you can search for our podcast. The links are in the show notes. You can tip us if you like. 
we put a lot of a lot of time and effort into this show and you know we would like to get a little bit of something back and we appreciate the people who've already subscribed to the patreon davy and i love you and also this is nigel the goat saying we'll see you next time